You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast. My name is Andrew Mackay-Smith, and I hope wherever you are in the world and whatever you're doing, you're doing pretty bloody well. The guest you're about to hear from, his name is Yashan, and he is the frontman of Emperor, and he also releases music under his own name. Does he really need any more of an introduction than that? Probably not. If you're listening to it, you know all about the man. So let's hear what he has to say. Here we go. So, Yashan, welcome to the show. You know, I must say that I've really enjoyed your evolution as an artist and a musician. So most people will be aware of your contributions to black metal as the frontman and emperor, of course. But significantly, you are now seven albums into your solo career. So what can you tell us about the new album? And I've, I hopefully will pronounce it correctly. Is it Amar or Amir? Yeah, Amr. Amr. There you go. I was close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, well, thank you for the introduction. Uh, no, it's... Um... What can I say about the new album? It's um, at at this point. I mean, these many albums in, it's uh, it's a different interpretation of of uh, where I'm at musically. The, uh, you know, the, and um, I I like to I like to kind of flesh out a lot of ideas as, as a framework for every album I, I start making before I actually start writing anything. And as a comparison to, mm. you know, my previous album, Arctis, which obviously was very much, you know, the scenery was outside. Yep. You know, so, so, so the scene of that is kind of, you know, in this Arctic landscape. This new album, uh, it's, uh, as the cover suggests, and I think also the production suggests, is, and the lyrics, you know, it's, it's all very much happening inside. Okay. It's a, it's very a very closed off. So I know this is very abstract, and in in um, I would say that it it kind of follows the similar ideas of uh, uh, as I did on Arctis, where I wanted to explore more traditional, you know, pop rock songwriting. Yeah, I could definitely feel yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. And 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 I wanted to continue that on this album as well. But I, I, instead of kind of going with the typical uh, arrangement of that, um, I, I wanted to make some some other decisions, you know, early on. And I previously leaned on doing a lot of, you know, using a lot of orchestral samples that goes mm. way back to my, my beginnings in Emperor, but uh, very much inspired by film soundtracks and, and the likes. But also at the same time, you know, this fascination for, you know the eerie sounds of uh, of analog synthesis and mm. and John Carpenter and, and that kind of stuff. So so uh-huh. I, I wanted to not limit myself to, but kind of have a, a special focus to to rather go with analog synthesis and, and uh, do more yeah, synthesizer based. Uh, and I I have different inspirations for it, but like. I had this fascination with some music where they do like mono drums, you know. So, mm. so we recorded we recorded the whole album, you know, with with these analog synthesizers in mind. You know, we recorded the whole album on a an acrylic drum kit, really down tuned, and with all stacked cymbals. So you have nearly no ringing cymbals at all. So it's like all the very tight percussive very tight, sounds. Yeah. 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 So, so um, there were some general ideas, and I think. Linus uh, Corneliuson, who mixed the album at Fascination Street, mm. uh, I think still he he could easily have mixed the album as you know a more typical polished 
you know, extreme metal production. Hmm. Uh, but but uh, he was uh, very, very cooperative and, and great in kind of helping in channeling that original vision, you know. To, yes. So it's, it's more of a risk, uh, you know, but it's, it just makes the whole process more interesting if you, if you kind of uh, go with... Uh, uh, with with a whole idea, <laughs> yeah, it's it's such a good point, and yeah, I know exactly what you're saying when you say it's a bit of a risk because I imagine to you know the dyed in the wool black t-shirt wearing emperor fan, some of this music's going to be very can I use the word confronting to them? Yeah, I I, I don't know really. I mean, uh, at at this point, I mean. I, I try to remind myself, I mean, I, I, I get this a lot, you know, the, oh, what do you think, you know, the Emperor fans would think of your new music? And I, and honestly, and this is not disrespectful, but I, I don't, I don't think about it. Good, yeah. Because, and, and I think if people are critical to, to you know, developing and, and, you know, doing new ideas and everything, yeah. Uh, I think they tend to forget, especially you know the purists of you know all early yeah. black metal. <laughs> I mean, they, they they need to remember that the reason that that music was created and came about, and the reason we as teenagers, you know, kind of ended up doing that type of music at the time where this was no career. I mean, in 1991, starting a black metal band, you know, was the worst career choice ever. Mm. You know, <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, yeah. so, so, so. <laughs> So we approach this, you know, for purely artistical reasons, and yeah. I think, as a, against all odds, you know, that made it as exclusive and as kind of exotic. You know, coming from Norway, we didn't try to go to London and make it. You know, we didn't go to LA to find a producer to to make it. You know, we we've always more or less, you know, stayed in. A telemark Norway state of mind. Yes, you know, and that, and I think I, I, I like looking back. I think that is the reason it became, you know, a thing of its own because it was never intended as, you know, something for mass appeal. Hmm. Uh, and and uh, so it's kind of a paradox that it actually ended up being the way I make my living. Yeah. You know, and and I, I and I and I feel so privileged to to have, you know, my passion for music be my my livelihood but also being able to do so in a such an uncompromising way because i know a lot of musicians who love playing music but who have to play with any style of music and and do a lot of of the stuff that you know maybe are not that close to their hearts but you know to just to make a living mm -hmm. and i've been so privileged to be uncompromisingly do whatever the hell i wanted you know throughout my career and and i so I think why why change that, you know that recipe now, hmm. and I think uh, it's of course a very selfish thing to do because I'm I'm very privileged to have people actually, you know, picking up the albums and that you know it's there's a synergy I in that whole thing. But at the same time, with my background, I feel it's kind of the most honest thing hmm, for sure. to do as well. And I, I I at least I've tried to communicate that you know, through interviews and the way I do my music that at least maybe, maybe I do an album that may not be your cup of tea and doesn't resonate with you as a fan. Hmm. But but uh, I hope that people who have followed my music for a while at least trust that it's something really genuine and it's made very, you know, 100% heartfelt. Yeah, 
Yeah, it's, oh, it's authentic. And I, I try to, that's why I change these scenarios for myself because I want to, that's why, you know, this time I wanted to use all these analog synthesizers and explore that kind of soundscape. I've even, you know, picked up uh, influences from dark R&B and hip hop stuff and I've used 808s. Cool, yeah. You know, and, and all that in, in my music because I, it, it, this is something that excites me, you know, and I, it's a simple philosophy that I, I think if I'm not, super excited about you know making the music i can't expect anyone to be excited about listening to it you know it's a it's Great. a communication mm. of, of energy so which of course helps me you know it's a good argument for me to just keep on doing my selfish thing <laughs> absolutely well i think a lot of people want you to keep doing as you say your selfish thing because you are a, you, you do produce extraordinarily complex yet memorable music so let me ask you this question here well thank you I'm a big fan of funk and disco, okay? So I'm going to out myself now. I'm not, not really a metalhead, to be honest with you. I'm more into funk, disco, and jazz. Now, of course, funk mm -hmm. and disco, both of those styles of music have very strong jazz roots, which is something that I can hear in your music, and I've actually always heard it. Now, I'm alone in this, but what I'd like to ask you is that from the cadence of the drumming across quite a lot of the cuts on Armour through to the solo, for example, in Arcana Imperi, what role has jazz played in your evolution as an artist? Well, uh, I wish I could say I, I, I uh, had studied jazz or anything like that, but it, it's it's just as a fan of you know some eccentric music, you know, mm. like Miles Davis, uh, you know, sketches of Spain or kind of blue, mm. you know, small stuff like that. My the, the reason I ended up using saxophone in the first place was uh, was for listening to. Uh, Jan Garbarek, Norwegian saxophone player, if you know him, and uh, it's just small bits and pieces like that. Mm. It's like I, I, I've often often referred to as kind of falling into the prog category as well. Yes, and uh, and like people, are, oh, what, what kind of prog bands are you into? And you would ask me, you know, that, that, because a lot of the prog bands, you know, the members are like living encyclopedias of uh, of 70s prog and who was who in which bands and everything. And mm. I'm like, sorry, you know, prog. It's, I, I've never <laughs> tried to be prog or anything. I, I It's more just a result of me, you know, experimenting with the few things I know. Yes. So, 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 um, so uh, I'm, I'm afraid I, I don't have a jazz background. I, I have no, no. Um, but you're an appreciator though, and I can tell that. I can tell that it's music that yeah, you yeah. listen to and you go, okay, I understand what they're trying to achieve here. Let me see how that works in my music. Yeah, and it, it, it's just like small things. Like on the, on the Serenbrechen, I explored some synthetic scales, you know, to, to give some new kind of musical color. And so so all these things fascinate me, but it's just me, me kind of approaching different, you know, these sounds. And mm. from, from jazz music, like I've used uh, kind of... In, let myself influence like on Eremita I was influenced by just some of these jazz arrangements I heard with this like really short percussive but deep deep brass sections hmm. like these brass stabs stuff like that and uh, yeah, I mean I'm at the edge now edge now that I just differentiate between two genres of music and that is you know the stuff that doesn't do anything for me which mm -hmm. I'm neutral to and I don't and the stuff that you know Moves gets you. me excited yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, so on that note, another thing I noticed was that on the vocal to Where You Are Lost and I Belong, it reminds me a lot of Dave Garn from Depeche Mode. So I know 
I don't think anybody's really heard the album in the public sense, but have journalists been giving you feedback that they can hear that through that track? Uh, well, I think uh, you're the second journalist or third journalist I speak to who actually heard the album. So, uh-huh. radio. <laughs> I, I I haven't really had that much feedback yet, and okay. especially not on that song. So, but thank you. Well, that's I'll what take I hear. Oh, it's definitely a compliment. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what I love about you is when I talk about, you know, when I'm discussing the evolution of yourself as an artist it seems like there's nothing off limits you know as i say you know there's the you've got emperors in your past and i understand that emperor still performs from time to time to this day but really you're an evolving artist so i'm almost excited to see where you go in say five to ten years time yeah me too <laughs> that's the thing that that's the thing that's probably why i you know end up releasing albums like almost every second year because mm. that's that's kind of what keeps me going you know, I, I, I love studio work. I love spending time in my studio and just, uh, you know, write music and, and have these concepts that I... I and, and it's always a, a quest for... I mean, th- that's why I refer, still refer to my music as black metal because from the, uh-huh. my very beginning, you know, the, that's, that core uh, inspiration, that, that kind of drive and need to do this, you know, it's a, like I, I, of course, it's uh, uh, I've been super, you know, privileged to be able to do this. But at the same time, it feels like I never really had a choice. You know, yes. it's, it's good just as a driving force. And of course, as a music lover, you know, it's 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 this thing inside you that makes you. It, it's some kind of abstract ideal, and it's kind of in in you as as kind of a boiling pot, and it's far out there. You know, as as a as a glimpse of an ideal, and every I feel every song and every album is just another attempt of coming closer to that kind of uh, state of mind. You know, that those mm. few milliseconds where where your hands, you know, the hair on your head, on oh, your arms stand yeah. up. And, I'm yeah, a musician. Just, I understand and, that. And you yeah. just lose yourself. You know that that that's what you go for. And and most of the stuff that I'm most happy about you know or or most satisfied with musically are usually material that i have absolutely no idea how i came up with it Mm. but it's like suddenly just my my computer is playing back some music and i have no idea why how i got there but uh, i can kind of take credit for it (laughs) well you've got a very strong connection to your musical muse that's what it is and because you're you're intellectual you're a smart bloke you're able to tap into that and turn. Oh, thank you for saying that, but I don't know. But it, it feels like cheating sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, long, long may you continue to cheat then. <laughs> yeah, no, but it, it, it's funny because I, I've spoken to a lot of of uh, my colleagues and also people that you know that I admire. Yeah. You know that, and um, a good example like Devin Townsend. To, yes. to me, he's like you know he. It seems you know it's nothing he couldn't do. You know, like he's super talented. He's, mm. you know, vocalist, guitar player. You know, everything he does. I mean, he was doubling Steve Vai's solos in his band when he was eighteen. You know, it's like <laughs> <laughs> he's like super skilled. Yeah. And and I've I've kind of been given a lot of credit for my work, and I'm like, oh, how long can I get away with this? When will people, you know, catch me red-handed? You know, with all my flaws and. You know all the stuff I don't know. Right. Okay. And and yeah. I and I spoke to, I spoke to Devin and he, he said you know he felt exactly the same way, you know because you you kind of thrown compliments at you and you just feel like you you've kind of been lucky 
know, yeah. <laughs> and oh, well. you can kind of take credit for it. But yeah. Well, I've, I've so, had a good chat it, to Devin as well, mate, and you both share something. You're both very humble. A lot of humility here. Yeah, but it's it's not like that. But it's it's it's. Um, yeah, I think it, for for me that was kind of comforting to see so someone who I kind of believed was super confident about everything because mm. it was so obvious obvious that they were super talented, and for myself I just felt you know I was just barely getting away with it, and you know to see he, him struggling with the same kind of things and yeah. and it, I guess it's for for all people who deal with any kind of art form you know of course what people see is what you actually finish you know they don't see all the crap that you know all the sketches and all the fold up paper yeah no they wouldn't no a lot a lot of people who listen to music who don't have an understanding of how music is created wouldn't understand the the creative process and how maddening it can be and yeah you're right and how if you don't save something at the right time in your door and whatever you're using reaper or audacity for a lot of the people who do it at home um mm. and or you don't have enough hard drive space halfway through with these bloody new macbook airs sorry with only 120 <laughs> gigabytes of hard drive internally and the thing's trying to back itself up madly into the cloud and it doesn't happen fast enough and you've lost something that you thought was <laughs> approaching genius. <laughs> yeah, you know. yeah. Hey, let me, let me go back to something because you mentioned you, you still classify your music as black metal. So I had a good chat to Sata last year ahead of the release of their album, Deep Calleth Upon Deep. Now, my opinion is that both yourself and Sata are the pillars of Norwegian black metal. Now, what I mean by that is without either of the two of you, it would be akin to removing the rudder from a yacht. So... Have you ever felt an obligation as the composer of so much revered black metal to assume the mantle as the spokesperson for the genre? Not at all. Uh, and uh, and that is also very deliberate because mm. I, to, to me, I, I think there's this uh, uh, misconception, that, again, about black metal. I, I think it's a, uh, it's, it's a total paradox uh, that uh, that people have these rules about uh, what black metal should and should not be, uh, which is typical for for all kinds of uh, of uh, subculture. I think that kind of rises to some kind of of uh, commercial level. That it's it starts out as a very open, you know, field because it's there are no borders that are defined. Mm -hmm. But uh, but then you know, a few bands. It, it's like you, you're. You, do you play guitar? Bass. Play bass. Oh, bass yeah, and bass. guitar, but oh. my stage instruments bass, yeah. Yeah, okay, but, but like Jimi Hendrix, hmm. you know, you know, people, oh, Jimi Hendrix, he was the greatest guitar player of, of all time. And uh, so we have to buy his old gear and, and kind of uh, just simulate that, hmm. which is kind of the opposite of what he was doing. I mean, he was plugging his guitar straight into desks via a box. You know, he... He was obviously the reason he came up with that sound is because he was pushing the envelope of where sound was at mm. at that stage. So, so, so I think he would be horrified to to, to be an inspiration for going backwards. You yes, know, <laughs> understood. Yeah, yeah, I understand what you're saying and, completely on and, that and, point. And, yeah, and, and the same thing with with Norwegian black metal. I mean, this is obviously you know the, the do what thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. You know that whole satanic. Mm -hmm imagery thing you know that big ego don't tell us what to do you know that whole rock and roll rebellion thing just pushed to another extreme in that decade hmm. you know how could how could you ever put you know 
I mean, well, to put it simpler, if I, as as kind of a front man in, in a black metal band, what kind of black metal music would I make with integrity that could kind of resonate that kind of atmosphere and uh, and kind of uh, dark subject if I if I was listening to what you know okay what what would my fans want maybe someone someone else could tell me how I could do my music mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know what I mean that's a paradox I mean what, what yeah it's I felt that, I I feel I described that very wrongly, but I'm ba- basically. No, I understand. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Especially the Hendrix we, comparison that you made, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, and and and, and I get this all the time. Oh, will there be another Emperor album? Mm, yeah. Because obviously people are very nostalgic to that, and I, I was thinking, are, are people actually aware of what they are asking? Because what kind of Emperor album would they like to have? Well, I you think know? they've got one now through your. I mean, with all due respect to Sam, or through your new album, I mean. You were a a primary architect of the Empress Sound, so this is really it. It's just under a different name, in my view. Am I am I yeah, on point there? Well, thank you, thank you for saying that. I mean, again, you know, if if I did my music, I mean, this is how I I write metal. You know, in yes. two thousand eighteen, this is how I write metal. And if it was up to me, you know, whether it had the Emperor logo on or Eastern logo, it will in in my you know ideal world. This is what it would sound like. Mm. But obviously, had we continued Emperor, you know, I would never have, you know, Samus and Trim would probably never agree to do Emperor with eight string guitars and saxophone, yeah. free form. <laughs> you know, so, so, so to me, and no disrespect to them, I mean, the, it, it was the compromise of, of who was in, especially me and Samos, you know, that, yeah. that made Emperor what it was. But for me, uh, you know, doing an Emperor album now, a metal album with em- Emperor, would kind of be a limitation to where I wanted to to kind of Absolutely. push my yeah. music. So, and and we could easily make a, an Emperor album that sounded some like something like you know the early stuff. We could probably do something that sounded like a mix of Ishan and the Wretched End, which is somewhat thing. Okay, yeah. but I mean, w- would it would it be anything you know? Would that be genuine? Would anyone or have any band kind of reformed after almost 20 years and actually made an album that was like, yeah, fuck, this is amazing. You know, it, mm. it doesn't happen. So it's it, people ask for another Emperor album, but I think it's just really the desire to kind of recreate and relive some kind of nostalgic moments, as both you and me know with music that we grew up on as teenagers, that you know, are, are attached to so much of our memories, our feelings, and what mm. what we ended up being. And I took my son to see Iron Maiden, and uh, <laughs> you know, just reliving those moments, listening yeah. to those songs. You know, it's um... yeah. Okay, I think I got. Have I got time for one more question? Yeah, sure. Okay, so I hope I frame this next question appropriately. So here I go. Deep breath. So <laughs> I've read a few interviews with you online. And a common theme is for journalists to focus on your past, with of course, which of course means the obligatory reference to Bards and Thomas or Samoth, sorry, respective crimes. So mm-hmm. you've, you've long made your thoughts clear on these matters, so I'm definitely not asking about your perspective there. But do you get to a point when you're reading your own copies, so say you're listening to an interview or reading an interview with a journalist and they've turned the story into being, or there is somewhere in the mix of the story, 
There's a paragraph or a narrative about Bard and Samoth as if their actions from over 20 years ago are somehow specific, specifically relative to your current pre creative pursuits. And do you think, oh, God, here we go again? No, not really. I, the, the, that's, um, what, what can I say? I think in the past, you know, in the, especially early Emperor and also I was very concerned when doing interviews, you know, hmm. oh, was I misquoted? Oh, oh, no, they got the wrong idea. Oh, no, they're kind of angling this wrong. And, you know, being very concerned like that. But yes. then I, now I'm, I mean, I can't, I can't remember how, yeah, I, I've probably done thousands of interviews and probably said so many stupid things and been misquoted so many times to, mm. to, you know, probably the opposite of what I've actually said. And it, it hasn't really backfired that hard, you know? <laughs> so, <Yeah>. so, <laughs> so I don't care. And, and, and I, it's like with my albums, I mean, you, obviously you know the, the first emperor albums and you course, know it's yeah. it, it's it's come to so, uh, such praise you know the same magazines that absolutely slaughtered our first albums when they came out are the same magazines who who have put you know those albums side by side with you know black sabbath's first album yeah, as, or you iron know, maiden's number of the so, beast you see you see yeah, in so, the night so, so, clips up there with that all the time yeah 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 stuff like that and and so, so I've kind of been getting so much shit and so much praise for exactly the same music. And I, I've just, you know, in a boring way, I've just had to relate to, okay, that, that it's, it's my own per perception of whether I succeeded or not, you know, in, in relation to the goals I set for an album. Mm. That's, that's the only way I can, re of course, I appreciate, you know, when people come with constructive feedback and, and you know, if it, if it resonates with people and, and they, they feel good about it. But, uh, and of course, I'm not immune to criticism. You know, it's, uh, it, it can be provocative, but as a whole, I mean, the popularity of an album or me or whatever, it's kind of gone, that's like going up and down on the stock market. Mm. And, and and it's like I, I noticed especially I think that's made me gave me a good perspective because I've I've been playing with Emperor and Ishan kind of back to back, you know, over the years, yes. over the last few years now. Yeah. And and sometimes I'll come to this huge festival in Europe and kind of play the maiden stage to fifty or eighty thousand people. And next year I'll be there with Ishan playing maybe the ten to <laughs> to ten thousand people, you know, and, and uh, on the middle of the bill. Mm. And 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 one year I'm kind of treated like fucking royalty, and the next year I'm you know I'm I'm there carrying my own guitars and all that stuff, and I I don't mind and and it's all these to me it's it's just a very a very superficial framework, because I I kind of know my limitations and I know what I'm good for in a in a way so and when I get on stage I don't I don't honestly I don't care whether it's Ishan or it's Emperor because it, I kind of just go into that bubble it's more of a state of mind it doesn't matter if it's the songs are 20 years old or two months old you know when you get in that zone mm -hmm. so so uh, so I just to me it's just been a, f a rather funny experience to see how kind of these popularities or, or the stages of things just fluctuates hmm. and and it's absolutely nothing i can do about that and kind of going back to your original question about you know with board and 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 samoth and when we did the in the of the clips uh, reunions uh, shows with with board yep. on, on on drums you know people are like oh 
how can you how could you you know take yes. him back in the band and yeah and i was like first of all i mean we we were friends and it was 20 20 years or so something mm-hmm. ago it was you know of course not none of us not bored you know none of us are kind of condoning you know murder oh, of or course not. Never, like never said that nobody in the band has ever said no, anything like that yeah. yeah no so 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 it, it, so that's one thing and of course uh, you can have a personal opinion about you know that act and whether you want to take take uh, uh, you know a stand on that or not but mm-hmm. as long as i mean but then he's kind of served his time and uh, and the kind of the norwegian you know uh, and western general western you know uh, courts are kind of finished with this case yes so he's kind of he served his sentence and the whole point of that kind of democratic thing so the rest of society is okay you know okay you did your time. It's it's kind of over. He did and the then, crime. Course, did his time. Yeah. 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 So 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 uh, and then of course you can always have individual perspectives on whether you agree with that or not. But but for us, I mean, and on that note, uh, as I said, if if you know, it's not politically correct. But uh, if you're very very concerned about political correctness, maybe Norwegian black metal is not for you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it just it fascinates me the way journalists and contributors, bloggers or what have you, bring up matters that happened, you know, uh, 20, 25 years ago or so. It's 25 years ago, if you can believe it. Now, my God, it makes me feel old. Um, and, but but, that you, can't, you can't blame them in, 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 because obviously, for the, especially for the general public, hmm. you know, of course, they don't, this music doesn't resonate with them. But of course, it fascinates them with the drama and and the extremities of things. Yeah, I'm glad it's, you see it that way. Yeah, that's a good perspective. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. it's it's like people people are are are, are consumed with the. I mean, it's uh, it's fascinating. Like like Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain's uh, suicide and and drug abuse. Mm. You know, or or Jimi Hendrix, as we talked about his drug abuse. You know, which is is horrible stuff, but it's it's still iconic. Because it was so extreme, you know, he was not just, you know, he was not uh, a guy in a suit uh, and a day job, you know, it was something just far on the edge. And that's kind of what, you know, it, it kind of adds to the experience. And, and it's no denying that, that uh, all, the, <clears throat> all the sensation and all the extremity, were, which actually, this was not just people, you know, in makeup, you know, playing extreme music. Norwegian black metal scene, there were so many things that actually got real. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, the mayhem story. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it was yeah, very serious. And and for people, you know, kind of adding that energy into this music, you know, obviously it made the experience more, what can I say, authentic. Hmm. You know, so, so you can't really deny and kind of pretend it wasn't like that. But for me, the way I look at it is that if it was... If if people's interests, uh, you know, if that was all it was, you know, it wouldn't last. I th- and I and I think uh, it was it's been uh, kind of uh, uh, a, a personal victory in in uh, in that um, uh, since since often our success has been kind of partly been been given to you know things outside the music. 
you know, mm-hmm. that attention. But it kind of feels at least not as, uh, as, uh, as, uh, as a success, but uh, kind of liberating to be able to go on stage in jeans and T-shirt. You know, <laughs> I just played the entire in the nice little clips or the entire anthems to the Welcome at Dusk. Yes. Uh, and and that's that's good enough. You know, you have 50,000 people singing along. As they and do, having, seen the videos, yeah. Yeah, so, 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 so and it doesn't matter if we're dressed up or have makeup. We're kind of, the music is kind of beyond that. And I, I don't think if it was only the imagery and all the, all the stories and all that extremity, I don't think we could do, uh, have done these anniversaries the way we do. And, and uh, people wouldn't have connected to that music that long ago. And I don't think that people, young people these days, that, which is another kind of fascinating thing to me, that people who weren't even born when we did those albums, you know, they actually pick them up now. Yeah, that's incredible, you know, isn't it? When I say twenty-year-olds in emperor but, but, t-shirts, because they wouldn't have known it back then, like like I did. You no, know, I grew but, up but with I it. Think, yeah, but but obviously, it's uh, again, it's it's kind of an abstract thing, and 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 I, I believe that because that that kind of rebellious, youthful nature. That obviously went into. We were teenagers, you know, when we did the first Emperor album, and and of course it, we had no clue what we were doing. But the, but the intention and the energy we put into it was something that probably resonated to young people with a similar mindset. And I think people who kind of are drawn, to, young people are drawn to this this type of music. You know, can, that youthful energy is probably is kind of part of that recording. And I think in some way that might might resonate with the with them as well because it surprised me because obviously we get statements so it kind of surprises me that these old albums just keep on selling it doesn't surprise <laughs> me because of the quality to be frank with you okay people are drawn to quality and in the same way that people are purchasing hendrix albums 50 years or 40 or what is it 40 or 50 years after they're recorded yeah, yeah exactly, I, exactly i believe people are going to be doing that in 50 to 60 years time with emperor albums and with your albums quality Quality stays. You know, you look at Mozart or the great the jazz greats Charlie Parker, Miles Davis. Yeah, yeah. People of all ages, it, all all religious affiliations, they get into this music, and yours is similar. Yeah, but it's 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 all, all a matter. I think it's so imp- important, and it, that kind of kind of concludes, I think, much of the of the of the conversation we just just had. It mm-hmm. in the end, you just have to keep focus on on doing things with integrity. Indeed. It's like I I I, I have some some uh, guitar students, and and you know, oh, you've been successful. What 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 do, what's the right thing to do? And I say, well, you know what, not nothing is. I mean, there's so many things in life you have to do. You know, playing guitar is not either a human right or, uh, you know, a, a chore. It's something that you do for pleasure, and eventually, if you do it you know extensively you actually mm. might get so good at it that someone else will take pleasure in it as well and if it if not you had that pleasure and that's keeping focus on the why you started to do music and your intentions because there's so many forces in this game who who start thinking about what is smart to do and what could be more successful and all that and i think you just end up watering out you know Hmm. Your your own pleasure of doing it, as well as uh, as watering out, you know, whatever comes out there for for listeners you have. Hmm. 
Agreed. Well, mate, I better let you go. This has been a fascinating discussion. It's been a pleasure to finally talk to you. I have been a fan of yours for, well, since um, Anthems of the Welcome at Dusk. So what's that, 97 or so? Um, so yeah. <laughs> thank you for creating the wonderful music that you've created and congratulations on a wonderful career and long may you continue to create music as well. Oh, thank you very much and thank you so much for the support. My name's Andrew Mackay-Smith and I do host this here podcast series called Scars and Guitars. That was my conversation with the bloke at the centre of Emperor. He also has his own solo material these days. His name is Ishan. Thank you so much for listening.